You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. On a previous Viva podcast, we talked about the state of dental marketing. Today, we'll be discussing the actual marketing of your practice. With us today is Dr. Todd Snyder, a popular speaker on VivaLearning.com, presenting at least 10 webinars over the past few years. Dr. Snyder is a cosmetic dentist, author, international lecturer, researcher, and instructor at various teaching facilities. His website has a lot of information about what he offers, and that is legionpride.com. That's L-E-G-I-O-N, pride, P-R-I-D-E.com. Dr. Snyder, thanks for joining us again on Dental Talk. Hey, Phil. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so your last one was really interesting. Um, You talked about the state of dental marketing. We talked a little bit about DSOs. We talked about how important it is to have a website up that's following the guidelines of Google as far as search engines. Um, which is really good information, um, and, and I encourage our listeners to check that one out. Uh, the title of that one is The State of Dental Marketing. Today, we'll be talking about specific marketing initiatives that we should be considering in order to grow our practice, and that means more patients in the chair. So it would be great, Dr. Snyder, if you could share with our listeners some of the things we should be doing to help build our practice. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um... I would say the first thing in my mind is everyone starts thinking of marketing externally to patients. Like, how can I get new patients into the practice? To me, that mindset is wrong. You need to look into yourself first. What you need to find out is you have existing clients that come to you every day or patients. Um, I like the word client, uh, but you have patients that come to you. They've been with you for many years. They know you, respect you, love coming to you for some reason. The first thing you need to find out is why do people come to you? What is it about you that makes it unique for them to want to be under your care? Once you've ascertained what that is through, let's say, a blind survey to your patients, now you have a better understanding of maybe what your niche could be. But if you find that they all want to come to you because you're the cheapest guy out there (laughs) or you're just on their insurance plan and you're close to home and there's nothing else as far as anything about you, then I would start to reassess what you're giving them and find a different niche to go after. So if you've got a thousand or 1500 patients that come to you on a regular basis, you market to them first because there's no overhead in marketing them. they're already coming to you. Mm-hmm. You have to get them to put reviews out for you, for them to post on social media for you. Once you have that return on investment that they're referring and you have your niche, then you take that niche out to the public. So let's stop for a second and think about reviews and social media. In the last uh, episode, I had mentioned I like to use Weave personally. So patients, when they leave, they get an automated text message saying, hey, would you mind leaving us a review? And it points them to different places. So you've got places like Facebook, Twitter, Google, Yelp, uh, you know, any place that you want people to go, there are ways you can force them to go to these areas. And then it's up to them to leave a review. Mm -hmm. So if people are now seeing reviews for you that are great, and those are populated all across different platforms on the Internet, more people are apt to see you. And Google sees that, hey, you have your presence on the web, and it's linked to all these different websites, and you have all these reviews and all this information. You become a bigger entity that Google finds relevant so people can find you. Mm -hmm. So the more you put out there through social media, which is free, it's just your time is great. But it has to be good content, obviously, content that people want to share and look at. Because if it's just a bunch of garbage, no one wants it. And now Google goes, well, he's got a bunch of stuff out there, but it's not interesting. So we're going to rank him lower. Mm -hmm. And this, again, this is a whole day lecture. But 
So I would say start within. Once you have that, get reviews out there and then start to look at social media and the Internet would be next. And so we can go into that. But I'll stop and pause here for a second and take a breath. Yeah. Well, uh, while you take a breath, I have a question. So um, I'm not going to give you that much time to take a breath. Um, <laughs> so the 1500 people that you gave an example that you're marketing to to get reviews, uh, typically what kind of engagement do you get there as far as percentage of patients that are actually going to go through with giving the doctor a review? Well, it's a great question. So it all depends on how you interact with them. If you just send the text and don't do anything else, I don't know what the percentage would be, but obviously it's going to be lower than if you engage them verbally in front of them and then have them do something. Mm -hmm. So the great thing about automation is you hit them up again later and you can send out another one a day later, a week later if you want. But while they're in the practice, when I'm done treating them and I say, hey, you know, how was everything today? Is everything good? And they're like, yeah. And I said, so is everything, everything feels all right? You're happy with things? They're like, yeah. I said, could you do me a favor then in return? So I've already fixed them. They're happy. And now I'm asking for something, <laughs> in back, right? I'm like, right. you're going to get an automated message from us that asks if you had a great appointment. If you did, we'd love to hear from you because that helps me get more great people like you. Right. And I'm like, sure. I love, you know, love what you do. I'd be happy to do that. Now they say that, but that's not always the case because people get busy and forget. So they get to the front desk and now at the front desk, my front office tells them the same thing. And ideally we like to push out the automated text while they're in the office because we're asking them again and it just popped up on their phone as a text message. They go, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll do it right now. Or I'll do it on the way to my car. So we're trying to get them immediately. So you get a higher engagement, higher conversion. But if you didn't talk to them, obviously you'll still get conversion albeit it probably be lower as they get their text message later. Yeah, no, that's that's a fantastic bit of advice right there about giving, um, having the second communication come from the staff at the front desk on checkout and also having that text go out immediately because when you finish with an Uber drive and they ask you to rate the driver, it's sitting there on your phone. You just finished dealing with this person, a woman or man, whoever's driving you around, and you're much more likely to hit that five or four or whatever you want to give that driver right then and there. I mean, I usually hit that thing while he's taking the luggage out of the trunk, out of the back. Right. So and many of them are asking for it nowadays. Yeah. Like, don't forget to leave me a review. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Exactly. So, and that's been, uh, Uber's uh, a good example of a successful organization. Um, one of these rare cases that could happen where you don't have a great experience with a patient, you obviously don't bring that up and don't send the text. Just curious. Well, yeah, so you have the ability to turn something off. So if it was a bad appointment, you're like, oh, I know they're going to blow me up. <laughs> yeah, you turn it off. You don't send it. Right, right. <laughs> let's, let's, let's try to avoid the bad reviews and focus on the exactly. good ones. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's one incredible way to um, build the practice within because obviously those reviews are going to bring in more interest. And um, what's the, the niche thing? Uh, tell us more about when, when a doctor finds out that he did a survey and he finds out that, you know what, everybody's coming to my practice because they I take their insurance and uh, or I'm less expensive than the guy down the block. What what is the first thing they should do to, to determine if they do want to develop a niche um, expertise? How do they do? Well, that? Yeah, they have to they have to assess themselves. Obviously, are they happy with the world they've created and the insurance plans they're on? You know, if, and if. If they're not happy and they're giving everything away and writing off a bunch of stuff, then it's time to reassess what my business is doing. Where am I going? Am I spinning my wheels? Am I digging a hole? Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, it's like, okay, how can I position myself differently? How can I get people to think that I am different than every other dentist around here? 
And so based on what you like to do as a dentist, you may pigeonhole yourself into certain areas more so. Maybe you like to do sleep apnea. And so you need to weigh all of your marketing heavier on sleep apnea. So your majority of your patients are coming in based for sleep apnea. But they also know you still do regular dentistry, but you're not putting that out as your main aspect of practice. And when patients get to your practice, then they, they like you and they know you and go, oh, yeah, we do regular dentistry as well. Or maybe you like to do implants. You market that heavily. Or maybe you're an Invisalign guy. Or maybe you're a CAD CAM guy. But what you shouldn't do is you see people that send out direct mailers or have websites that just blows up everything. We do uh, Invisalign. We do CEREC. We do uh, implants. We, you know, It's just a smorgasbord of everything out there. And patients half the time don't even know what most of it is. So why, why it, is that? It sends the wrong message. Okay. Why does it send the wrong message? By having... Um, because every dentist is shop. doing it. So it, it, because every dentist is doing that. And the other thing is, you're not delineating yourself from anyone else because everyone's a one-shop place nowadays, or one-stop shop. Right. You know, or since everybody, but a lot of them are. A lot of them, that's what they mark is. We can do everything here, which but, is a but, good but thing because people like the convenience. Right. They're using also, they're using also, it as a selling point. They're using it right. as a selling point. They're saying, hey, you don't have to. You could develop a relationship with this practice and everything that you need and your family needs, we have here. Why Why is right. that not positive if there's a – is it because in, one person can't be good at everything? If it's a No, it, because you could have multiple multiple providers in the office too. Or you right. could have a, a specialist that comes in. With, so it's not necessarily a bad thing, and I, you know, there are definitely guys that are thriving on that. But mm -hmm. what I'm saying is since the majority of people market this way that we do everything – you are playing in a giant ocean with other dentists. What I'm saying is I want to be in a small shot glass with maybe two other guys in a 10, 15 mile radius. And that's all you're going to see. Mm -hmm. So I've now changed the whole market to say, if you want this type of thing, I'm your guy. I'm not having to compete with everyone else. If I've got five, 20 other dentists in my building or on my same block, doesn't matter. We're showing something different out there. Yeah, that but... also relates to. Uh, you know, your campaigns of many dentists nowadays, it's free exam, cleaning, x-rays, and free whitening, or $30 for everything, a $400 value. Well, since the majority of dentists seem to be going down this road, again, they're playing in a very large ocean of competition. Right. So just to be slightly different, you are now in a totally different market. Mm -hmm. and, and sleep apnea is um, something that obviously the dentist will need additional education for. Oh, yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a phenomenal area to be in. I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, just like anything, it takes more time to learn some different aspects, but could be very fruitful. Yeah, so a dentist should really, a GP who came out with a mindset to do everything, really should reconsider and, and say, you know what, I need to take some, some heavy-duty hands-on courses or, um, you know, either an implants or learn a lot about sleep apnea whatever they're interested in and go out and get additional education. Well, again, it depends on how you want to practice. Right. If you want to compete and do everything, that's one way to go. You know, so I, I, you know, like you've got Walmart, they sell everything from food to clothing to car parts and whatnot. And yet you could also go to, you know, let's say a place that sells just cars or a place that sells just clothes or just food. So it's not that it's, it won't work. You just have more competition in that industry. Right. Right. Um, so you talked about websites. You talked about social media. Tell us, we're going to wrap up this uh, podcast shortly, but just tell us a little bit about direct mail. You know, I'm not a fan of direct mail personally, but it can work obviously in certain parts of the, the country. 
And the reason I say that, and I think I alluded to it in the first episode, was that in metropolitan areas, we get so much junk mail, you know, it's inundated, and that the majority of us just tune out and throw it away. The same as the majority of us don't answer phone calls, but we're more inclined to answer text messages. Mm -hmm. So it's just a, a, an older product that doesn't seem to do as well as it used to perform based on certain areas. Um, but also it's usually something going out showing, hey, we're a discount dentist. And there's so much of that out there that, again, you are deluded by how much people get and see that they're frustrated and tired of seeing it. Or you're getting the cheap patient that wants to just come in and get the discount or freebie. And they're not necessarily tied to staying with you. They got what they wanted and they left. That's right. great if you're selling a muffin and you're trying to get them in the door to taste it. Mm -hmm. But if you gave away a bunch of dentistry and they don't come back, you now lost out. Right. So I don't see that as a good place to play. But like I said, I know people that have made it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've yeah. gotten different kinds of direct mail from local dentists in my area here in Austin, Texas. Um, some are very professionally prepared. I mean, they're great artwork, very clean, like a card with a beautiful photo mm -hmm. or several photos and, um, you know, a message from the dentist actually saying that, you know, we do premium care here and trying to differentiate themselves. But then besides one or two of those, the other ones were right in the trash because yeah. it, it was saying, you know, it was pricing how much a crown is. As soon as someone sends me something, tells me how much a crown is, it's, it gets thrown away. So right. working off a price, like you said, is, is not, is not the way to go. Especially I agree. So out there. All right. Well, listen, uh, that was another very good podcast. Dr. Snyder. I appreciate the time. And our listeners uh, hopefully have been getting a lot out of this. And um, we're going to have you on again to discuss some of the stress points in a dental practice. And if you want to reach Dr. Snyder, again, I think I gave you this web address earlier. It's legionpride.com. He's got a tremendous amount of information to share with uh, people. He does a lot of training. And uh, he's. do you want to tell us a little bit about, real quick, like in two sentences or three sentences, about what you do as far as training other dentists? So obviously when I'm out lecturing in public, I touch on some of these, but majority of the time we go to programs to learn how to do dentistry. So what I've done in my online program is I created a 90 day program that you go on every day, basically on the internet and you're learning things, not just dentistry, how to do a better filling, but you're learning how to run the business better, how to train your staff better, how to implement cer certain technology that'll make you more efficient, how to assess your website, your social media presence, how to do more marketing. It's basically looking at your whole world of business and dentistry and addressing all of that in basically a 90-day challenge right. of every day you're doing little tasks to move yourself forward. And at the end of 90 days, you'll look back at yourself and go, oh, my gosh, I learned and did so much in a small amount of time. It's amazing. Yeah. And so because of that, you'll be financially better off. Yeah, we're going to have a dedicated podcast uh, by Dr. Snyder about the practice management 90 day challenge that's going to be coming up. So uh, stay tuned for that. Thanks again, Dr. Snyder for your time. Uh, we appreciate you being on dental talk. Thanks so much, Bill.